بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين this الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم we continue the discussion on the four rules and in the previous section uh, we spoke about the introduction of the Sheikh Rahimahullah to this classical book known as Al-Qawaid Al-Arba' the four rules the second thing he began talking about is اعلم أرشدك الله لطاعته أن الحنيفية ملة إبراهيم أن تعبد الله مخلصا له الدين كما قال تعالى وما خلقت الجن والإنس إلا ليعبدون The author رحمه الله began now the subject and he said in this second statement be aware or know may Allah direct you and guide you to his obedience that the Hanifiya or the Hanifiya, let's write this word, Hanifiya, is the deen of Ibrahim, is the religion of Ibrahim, alayhi salam. This Hanifiya is to worship Allah alone and to be sincere to Allah in the deen. As Allah stated, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ And I, Allah, created not the jinns and humans except that they should worship me. So this Hanifiyya, the Milla of Ibrahim, the religion of Ibrahim, alayhi salam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded our Prophet ﷺ to follow the religion of Ibrahim in its essence. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah An-Nahl, chapter 16, verse 123, ملة إبراهيم حنيفا وما كان من المشركين Then we have inspired you O Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم to follow the religion of Ibrahim which is the Tawheed, the Islamic monotheism to worship none but Allah and he was not of the Mushriks meaning Ibrahim he was not from the polytheists or the disbelievers this Hanifiyya, this is known as Al-Hanifiyya, 
the religion of Ibrahim and Ibrahim alayhi salam one of the five great messengers steadfast on the deen on the religion what does the term Hanifiya mean? The Hanif is the one who turns and comes to Allah, sincerely turning to Him, and turning away from other than Allah. This is the meaning of Al-Hanif, the one who turns to Allah, comes to Allah with his heart, with his actions, with his intentions, all sincerely to Allah. This is the meaning of Al-Hanif. And the one who turns away from other than Allah. What is the Milla therefore of Ibrahim? What is therefore this Hanifiyya, the religion of Ibrahim is? أَن تَعْبُدَ اللَّهَ مُخْلِصًا لَهُ الدِّينَ to worship Allah, having the entire deen sincerely to Allah. You see, he didn't say to worship Allah. The author did not stop at to worship Allah, but he added, مُخْلِصًا لَهُ الدين, Having the religion entirely, sincerely for him. This means to avoid shirk, ascribing partners to Allah. That is because if the worship, the ibadah, mingles with shirk, it becomes nullified. It doesn't stay as worship unless it is safe and pure from shirk major and minor. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in Surah Al-Bayyina 98 verse 5, وَمَا أُمِرُوا وَمَا أُمِرُوا إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُوا اللَّهَ مُخْلِصِينَ لَهُ الدِّينَ حُنَفَاءَ And they were commanded not but that they should worship Allah and worship none but Him alone. So therefore the term حُنَفَاءَ here, this term حُنَفَاءَ in this verse, is the plural of Hanif, the one who is sincere in his worship, turning to Allah entirely in his worship, and ascribing no partners with him, and turning away from other than Allah. This worship, Allah commanded all the creation with, as he stated in the uh, Surah Al-Dhariyat 51-56, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ إِلَّا لِيَعْبُدُونَ And I, Allah, created not the jinns and humans except that they should worship me. And the meaning of worship, طيب, and the meaning of worship, meaning to single me alone, Allah, to single Allah alone in worship. So this is the wisdom. So, the wisdom behind the creation 
is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala as he stated and I Allah created not the jinns and the humans except that they should worship me alone worship me to single Allah alone in worship some complied to the command of Allah to be worshipped alone others from the creation didn't But the wisdom behind them, behind that is that they comply to the command and worship none but Allah. This is the wisdom. Ibrahim, who is Ibrahim? He is the father of the prophets. Ibrahim, alayhi salam, is the father of the prophets the father of the prophets who came after him all are from Bani Israel from the children of Israel and Israel is one of the prophets Yaqub and he is the grandson of Ibrahim so all those after Ibrahim will from his offspring except for our Prophet Muhammad then he is from the descendants of Ismail all the prophets after Ibrahim were from the sons of Ibrahim as an honor to Ibrahim and Allah made Ibrahim Imam for the people meaning an example leader as Allah stated in Surah Al-Baqarah 2.124 قَالَ إِنِّي جَاعِلُكَ لِلنَّاسِ إِمَامًا قَالَ إِنِّي جَاعِلُكَ لِلنَّاسِ إِمَامًا Verily I'm going to make you a leader of mankind and as Allah stated in Surah An-Nahl 16.120 إِنَّ إِبْرَاهِيمَ كَانَ أُمَّةً he was an ummah meaning he was an imam leader followed Ibrahim called the people to worship none but Allah all the prophets and messengers called to single Allah alone in worship and the abandonment of any kind or type of worship offered to other than Allah. As Allah stated in Surah An-Nahl 16.36 وَلَقَدْ بَعَثْنَا فِي كُلِّ أُمَّةٍ رَسُولًا أَنَعْبُدُ اللَّهَ وَاجْتَنِبُ الطَّاغُوتِ As to the legislations and laws which signify the commands and prohibitions and the halal, the lawful, and the haram, the unlawful, these differ. These differ in accordance with the needs 
and conditions and situations of the nations. Allah may legislate a legislation or sharia, then he abrogates it by another one. Until finally came the sharia of Islam, comprising the commands, the prohibitions, the halal and the haram, and it abrogated all the previous sharia, ruler of sharia, legislations and laws, and it continues until the day of resurrection, and it continues until the day of resurrection. As to the origin of the deen and the essence of the deen of the prophets, which is the tawheed, singling Allah alone in worship, this is not abrogated and will never be abrogated. Their deen is one, which is the deen of the Islam, meaning singling Allah sincerely in worship with tawheed. This is the deen of Islam, which is common to all the prophets and messengers. As to the laws, they differ. As to the laws, they may be abrogated. And all the previous shara'a were abrogated. And Islam abrogated all that which came before, and it continues in its sharia until the day of resurrection. However, the tawheed and the creed from Adam to the last and end of the prophets all call for the tawheed, worshipping Allah alone. And the ibadah of Allah, the worship of Allah, meaning obeying Him in, at any time in whatever legislation He commanded. And when this legislation becomes abrogated, then the work and the compliance goes to the next abrogating one, and this is worship all the time. However, the abrogated work or worship, or the abrogated legislations, don't remain as worship. Don't stay as worship. You understand? You see the difference? These are very basic and fundamental matters. Many people are confused, unfortunately, because they don't stress these matters of understanding. So hold to them dearly. Then the Shaykh Rahimahullah went on to say, فَإِذَا عَرَفْتَ أَنَّ اللَّهَ خَلَقَكَ لِعِبَادَتِهِ فَعَلَمْ أَنَّ الْعِبَادَةَ لَا تُسَمَّى عِبَادَةً إِلَّا مَعَ التَّوْحِيدِ كَمَا أَنَّ الصَّلَاةَ لَا تُسَمَّى صَلَاةً إِلَّا مَعَ الطَّهَارَةِ فَإِنْ دَخَلَ الشِّرْكُ فِي الْعِبَادَةِ فَسَدَتْ كَالْحَدَثِ إِذَا دَخَلَ فِي الطَّهَارَةِ Yes. The Shaykh Rahimahullah then went on to say, and since you know that Allah has created you to worship Him, 
then you should also know that worship does not become a true worship unless it is combined with the belief in the oneness and uniqueness of Allah, the Tawheed of Allah. Just as the Salah, the prayer, is not valid without ablution, so, فَإِذَا دَخَلَ الشِّرْكُ فِي الْعِبَادَةِ If shirk ascribing partners to Allah in worship um, enters an act of worship, it nullifies it. كَالْحَدَثِ إِذَا دَخَلَ فِي الطَّهَارَةِ Just as impurity nullifies ablution. just as impurity nullifies ablution. So therefore, if you come to realize and know from this verse, from this command which Allah commanded you to worship none but Him, and that creation was not created except for the sole worship of Allah alone, and you are from the mankind, a creation, you fall in the, under this address of the verse, and that you know that Allah did not create you in vain, or for no purpose, or that you are created merely to eat and drink, you live this life aimlessly, Allah didn't create you for that. He created you to comply with the command to worship Him. And He subdued all these existing things so that you utilize them in your worship of Allah. Because you cannot live except with these things which Allah created for you. And you will not be able to reach and attain the worship of Allah except by these things which Allah created for you. Allah subdued them to you so that you worship Him. Not for you to uh, use them for to fulfill lowly desires and eat and drink as an as a whole and single purpose this is the affair or the status or the condition of animals but humans are created for a magnificent wisdom to fulfill that exist to attain this purpose in life so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in this verse, and verily I, Allah, وَمَا خَلَقْتُ الْجِنَّ وَالْإِنسَ created not the jinns and humans except that they worship me. Then the next verse, 57, مَا أُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ رِزْقٍ مَا أُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ رِزْقٍ I seek not any provision from them. 
Allah did not create you so that you go and make earnings for Him. And you go and work and collect provisions for Him as the children of Adam do with each other. They appoint workers to do things for them and produce for them earnings. Allah is self-sufficient, free of all wants. And that's why Allah stated in this verse, مَا أُرِيدُ مِنْهُمْ مِنْ رِزْقٍ وَمَا أُرِيدُ أَنْ يُطْعِمُونَ I seek not any provision from them, nor do I ask that they should feed me. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala feeds, but He's fed not. Free from such a need. And by Himself is free of all wants. Doesn't need His creatures. If a person disbelieves, that will not diminish from the kingdom of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala anything we are the ones who need that so therefore it is from his mercy listen to this benefit it is from his mercy subhanahu wa ta'ala that he commanded you and me to worship him so it is for our benefit that is because if we comply and worship, then He subhanahu wa ta'ala will honor by the reward and the great reward and honor. And so therefore the ibadah, the worship is a cause for the attainment of the honor in this life and in the hereafter. Who is the one who is going to benefit from this worship? The worshiper himself. As to Allah, He is free from the need and all needs. So, فَعْلَمْ نُوْ أَنَّ الْعِبَادَ لَا تُسَمَّ عِبَادَ إِلَّا مَعَ التَّوْحِيدِ So if you know that Allah created you to worship Him, so the ibadah, the worship, will not be correct unless it fulfills Two conditions. If one of them is defective, then it is nullified. And the first condition is that it must be sincerely done for the face of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Free from shirk. Free from shirk. That is because if shirk blemishes an act of worship, it nullifies it. Like purity, if it if the impurity nullifies the purity, if the impurity 
mixes with the purity, then it nullifies it. So, also, if you worship Allah, then you commit shirk in your worship. This nullifies the worship. So the first condition therefore is that the ibadah must be sincere for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in order to attain this, the believer must seek Allah to clear his heart, to make his heart sincere and pure from any kind of inclination towards shirk in all of its forms, major or minor. The second condition is the mutaba'a, the following of the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So any worship which the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam did not proclaim or convey, then it is invalid and rejected. It is invalid and rejected. Why? Because it, in this case, it is an innovation, bid'ah, and superstition, khurafa. And that's why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that's why the Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam stated in the hadith reported in Sahih Muslim, the hadith of Aisha, radiyallahu anha wa an abiha. May Allah be pleased with her and her father. Man amila amalan, لَيْسَ عَلَيْهِ أَمْرُنَا فَهُوَ رَدُّ Whoever does an act which is not in accordance with our matter, our affair, then it will be rejected. Then it is rejected. And in another narration, in the hadith of Al-Bukhari, and Muslim also from the hadith of Aisha, رضي الله عنها من أحدث في أمرنا هذا ما ليس منه فهو رد فهو رد whoever innovates something in this matter of ours that is not of it will have it rejected will have it rejected so therefore the worship must be in agreement with what the messenger صلى الله عليه وسلم conveyed or brought not by our desires and inclinations and intentions so as long as it is not proven to be from the sharia then it is an innovation and it will not benefit its doer rather it will be harmful to him because it is a sin even though he may claim that he is using it as a means of nearness to Allah Azza wa So it's inevitable that both of these conditions be met. Al-Ikhlas, sincerity, and following the Messenger Sallallahu in order to have the ibadah correct and valid and beneficial to its doer. If shirk gets into this ibadah, and if it becomes 
elevated, then it is also nullified. So therefore, without having these two conditions met, there is no benefit in the worship. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not accept, except that which He has legislated, or legislated on the tongue of His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There is none from the creation whom the person must follow except the messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Other than the messenger, he is to be followed and obeyed if he himself follows the messenger. But if he opposes the messenger, then there is no obedience. يقول الله عز وجل أن في سورة النساء chapter 459 أطيعوا الله وأطيعوا الرسول وأولي الأمر منكم All who you believe يا أيها الذين آمنوا Obey Allah and obey the messenger and those of you Muslims who are in authority and those who are in authority are the leaders and the scholars. If they, obey, if they obey Allah, then it is incumbent to obey them and to follow them. But if they oppose the command of Allah, then it is not permissible to obey them and not to follow them on that which they opposed. And this does not mean that we rebel. There is a difference between the two things. Now, not obeying them in that which opposes Allah and or His Messenger is something, and rebelling is something else. So many people misunderstand that, misunderstand this matter, and think that since it is not permissible to obey them in that which they oppose the Messenger, or the deen therefore, then therefore it is permissible to rebel. And this is the path, the deviant path of the khawarij, of the dissidents, who rebel against uh, sinners from Muslim leaders, because they consider them as kafirs. This is therefore the meaning of the correct worship. Then the author, rahimahullah, went to the next point when he said, فَإِذَا عَرَفْتَ فَإِذَا عَرَفْتَ أَنَّ الشِّرْكَ إِذَا خَالَطَ الْعِبَادَةَ أَفْسَدَهَا وَأَحْبَطَ الْعَمَلْ وَصَارَ صَاحِبُهُ مِنَ الْخَالِدِينَ فِي النَّارِ عَرَفْتَ أَنَّ أَهَمَّ مَا عَلَيْكَ مَعْرِفَةُ ذَلِكَ لعل الله أن يخلصك وينجيك وينجيك من هذه الشبكة وهي الشرك بالله الذي قال الله تعالى فيه إن الله لا يغفر أن يشرك به ويغفر ما دون ذلك لمن يشاء At the next point the Shaykh رحمه الله said once you know that shirk pollutes acts of worship and renders them void 
and that a person who does so becomes one of those who shall go to hell. You then realize that knowing this fact becomes one of your most important duties. May Allah save you from associating partners with Him. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَأْ Allah does not forgive the sin of associating partners with Him, but forgives that which, that what is short of that to whomsoever He pleases. How to attain this? Listen to what the Sheikh said. He said, Safety and deliverance from hellfire may be ensured, therefore, by being aware of the four rules, of the four rules which Allah has mentioned in His book. You see now what He said? Did you hear what He said? He said, وَذَلِكَ Meaning this is to be, this is attainable, safety from hell. This is attainable by being aware of four rules بِمَعْرِفَةِ أَرْبَعِ قَوَاعِدِ ذَكَرَهُ اللَّهُ تَعَالَى فِي كِتَابِهِ By being aware of four rules which Allah has mentioned in His book. So if the believer knows the Tawheed and what it means and knows that if shirk enters the act of worship then it renders them void as the impurity renders the ablution void then the person must know the reality of Tawheed and must know what opposes Tawheed and that is the Shirk truly so that he does not indulge in Shirk and ending up nullifying his Tawheed and his Deen That is because the person, when he does not know of something, he may fall in it. So therefore, it's a must to know the reality of Tawheed, and must know the Shirk, so that you avoid it. This Shirk is very dangerous, because Allah warned against it, And because it prevents the person from entering paradise. In the verse in Surah An-Nisa, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warned, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَغْفِرُ أَنْ يُشْرَكَ بِهِ وَيَغْفِرُ مَا دُونَ ذَلِكَ لِمَنْ يَشَاءُ Verily Allah 
forgives not the sin of getting our partners in worship with him, but he forgives whom he pleases sins other than that. And in the regarding the prevention from entering paradise, Allah stated in Surah Al-Ma'idah 5.72 إِنَّهُ مَنْ يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الْجَنَّةِ إِنَّهُ مَنْ يُشْرِكْ بِاللَّهِ فَقَدْ حَرَّمَ اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ الْجَنَّةِ Verily whosoever sets up partners in worship with Allah, then Allah has forbidden paradise for him. So this is a great danger, and this is a matter which many people are on a stray path regarding it. And one must know that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not warn against something except that He makes it clear. And whatever He commands except that He makes it clear to mankind. So if the person commits any kind of the kinds of shirk, the major ones, then that nullifies his Islam, like invoking the dead, asking them for help, like insulting the deen, or insulting Allah and His Messenger, mocking Allah and His Messenger, mocking the deen, believing the permissibility of something which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala forbade and known by necessity that it is forbidden from the deen, like zina, adultery and the like, then if the person commits any of these matters that are of shirk, then his Islam is void, just like, just as in the case if someone does any of the nullifiers of ablution or tahara of of purification or purity rather, like wind or urine or feces, then his purity is nullified. And with Islam and with Islam and with Tawheed, if the person commits any of the nullifiers of Islam, it, it nullifies his Tawheed and nullifies his Deen. So whoever negates or denies the obligation of the Salah, then he commits kufr, disbelief. And anyone who denies the obligation of forbiddance of adultery, then he commits kufr. And anyone who seeks the help and the aid from the dead and makes vows to them, then he commits kufr, and so and so forth. Then the Sheikh began with the first rule, and this is where 
we will stop here, inshallah, after finishing this introduction by the Shaykh, rahimahullah, and then we continue uh, the next uh, tomorrow, inshallah ta'ala, the first rule. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa sallallahu ala nabiyyina Muhammad, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam.